our Bible study tonight. Let me do a survey tonight, uh, just a quick survey. Um, do you folks enjoy Bible study on a Wednesday night? You, know, you folks enjoy that? And uh, uh, my pastor used to say that because my pastor, Pastor Strickland, my first pastor, he, from time to time he used to do a survey. So he used to ask the congregation, <laughs> do you guys uh, still uh, like my Bible study or should we change to something else? <laughs> and I was like, anonymously, everybody would put their hand up and say, Bible study. <laughs> so... Anyway, if you turn to the book of uh, 2 Samuel chapter 19, 2 Samuel chapter 19. Maybe someday, I, Lord, Lord leading, I thought about this a couple of times, uh, but the Lord leading, maybe someday, uh, I would just put all these lessons into uh, uh, a book or print it out and just, I won't sell it. I will give a free to somebody because I don't think that the Word of God is to make any profit out of it, just me. If I would print it out, it would be free to give in, uh, and I would cover the, costs, the, co the, the cost. Or if anybody would buy it, it would be just to pay for the book itself, not for me to make any money. But I thought about that. It just maybe it won't mature. Maybe it's just my intuition. But anyway, we'll see someday. <laughs> We'll see someday. But anyway, uh, let's look in 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 24. And we look at uh, our chapter here. We're going to dissect this chapter tonight. So look what it says there in verse 24. And Mephibosheth, the son of, uh, of Saul, came down to meet the king and had neither dress his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor wash his clothes uh, from the day that King, the king departed until the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest thou, not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my, my servant deceived me, for thy servant said, I will, I will settle me an ass, and I, that I may ride thereon, thereon and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. And he had slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet didst thou set thy servant among them that did eat in thy own table. What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of, the, of thy manners. I have said, Thou and, Z, and Zebo the, the, divided the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all. For as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for the testimony of this man here. Definitely loved David. He loved David in such a way that he was willing to lose all just for the sake of a loving friendship with the king. Father, may we be truthful to others the way this man was to, to David, even willing to lose everything, Lord, if it's necessary. Lord, give us uh, uh, something, Lord, we can take home tonight, we can apply to our lives, and we can look at this lesson, Lord, in a way, Lord, that it will benefit us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Well, tonight we're going to go look at the subject of love. Uh, the title of the message tonight is Profound Love. Uh, and uh, we're just going to elaborate a little bit about love right here. I had to call Mrs. McKeever. It was uh, one of my teachers in, when I was in college. Very good English teacher. So I had to call her and say, ask her the word, what the word love means. Is that an action verb? I just wanted to make, I knew it was an action verb. I just wanted an English teacher to confirm that with me. And she said, oh, Brother Barbosa, yes, it is an, <laughs> an action verb. So I said to her, so Mrs. McKeever, so an action verb, to be an action verb requires action, right? You got to put action. She goes, yep, an action verb, you have to put action to be the action verb. So uh, love is an action verb. So that means the, to say, I love you, <laughs> you got to put action into it. You follow that? Uh, you know, I understand we say, I love you with our mouth. And, and, and a lot of times, of course, we got to mean what it says. You know, we, we mean, I say, if I, brother Tom, if I say, I love you, brother, uh, I mean that. In what, it's not just saying with my lips. Uh, I's got to say with the, our own actions and what we do. If I say, uh, Heather or Chrissy, I love you, sisters, it means, you know, I got to come out not just with words, uh, but also with actions. But, but if I act on that, and when I say it, then you folks understand because I already did something to prove to you that actually my words are truthful. You follow that? So... Love is an action verb. It means every time we say it, you've got to back it up with actions. Uh, because we can go out there and say, I love you, I love this, I love that. But it doesn't mean uh, anything. So right here, what we're going to see in this message tonight is that we see a man, Mephibosheth, which is at a profound... I mean, uh, if you compare the love of Jonathan and David, and, and I mean, uh, the friendship of David and, and Jonathan, it was different than this one right here between Mephibosheth and, and, and David, because I think Mephibosheth right here loved David with deep devotion. But I don't know if David was a, say, had the same way towards him. So it's not a friendship, but uh, so the way it was, because right here with Jonathan and David, it was mutual. It is a rare thing to find. You follow that? Because you can be somebody's friend, and you can have deep devotion for that person in the friendship, but doesn't mean the other person is going to have that same, uh, uh, the same feelings towards you. So you might be somebody's friend, and you think, well, that person is my friend, but you don't have that back. Jonathan and David, it was a mutual thing, which is very rare to find. Now, right here, you see Mephibosheth, what loved David with a deep, deep devotion, but I don't know if David had the same feelings towards him. And we can see the, the way David expresses in here that it probably is the case here, but we're going to look into that. So love is a wonderful word. You agree with me? I think love is a wonderful word. It is a wonderful word. It's a great word. Don't you like to hear when somebody say to you, I love you? It's a great word. I like that song. I don't, I don't promote songs. But it's a song that pops in my mind. Uh, and it's a, a cute song actually uh, is not a bad song it's actually the, the lyrics are very good uh, it goes like this i just called to say i love you it is stevie wonder if you ever even uh, stevie wonder way back then came out with this song i just called to say i love it that's a great song you know in uh, in how many times we touch somebody's heart you know what say hey i love you 
And those words come, you know, because sometimes when we say it, the person look at us and understand. For example, this week, I, I, when I grew up, my mom and dad never, would never use those words, I love you. Never. It was never came from the, mouth, from the lips of my mom and dad. Do I knew they loved me? Of course I did. But in the way I was brought up, it was never used in a home. <laughs> that was the way my family was. But you should see this week, when I went to, I've been to my mother's house probably like three or four times this week, you know, because of the, the situation that we're facing there. But then I even uh, 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 yesterday I went there, I was with my mom, I gave her a big hug, and I said, look at her, look right in the eyes, I said, Mom, I love you, Mom. And you could see like her face just lit up. Not something that she taught me. But you know what? I'm not going to go that way. So let, let me tell her. And those words really, you could see she lit up. So the words like that, it, it is a sweet word. And it, it helps people to understand. And it is a, it is a wonderful, powerful word. So, uh, But the word love, like I said, the word love alone means absolutely nothing. For the way, uh, for the way we, we can just express it with our lips, but if we don't, don't back it up with actions, it means absolutely not, nothing. So, so uh, let me put it this way. David, right here in this passage, was forced to leave his, uh, his palace because of his son Absalom. We know that. We've been dealing with that. You wanted to, to dethrone him, kill him if it was necessary even. So, and it was at this moment of intense pressure that David, uh, 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 David's, uh, so, ex- and, uh, I mean, just moved out of this, so it was like, but when he's coming back, when he's returning back to his palace, there's one guy waiting for him, and his, this, name is Mef- this guy's name is Mephibosheth. So, yes, his, uh, uh, his, his servant went uh, behind, I'm sorry, what I wrote here? So Mephibosheth is waiting for David to come. Mephibosheth knew that his servant mistreated him. His servant took bad about him to David. Give him a bad name. And even knowing that, even knowing that, he went and wait for the king to return. You see, people who could say, could say what they wanted, but nothing was going to deter this man from loving his king. So love is expressed in words. Listen to this. This is very important. Love, the word love is expressed in words. We say it. Is expressed in feelings. And it's expressed in actions. They all go together. So we act on something because uh, we do things for people because we love them. But also feelings goes with it. And also our words. But it's different types of love. I can love a sister. I can love a brother. I can love a son. I can love a daughter. I can love a wife. I can, it's, it's different types of love. And we, we implement this love based on which person we're dealing with. Follow that? So it's, it's different. So right here we see a man, which is lame, a handicapped man, which loved his king with deep, deep devotion. But why he loved him? Remember where he was when David found him? What did David do for him? David could have just killed him because he formed the line of Saul, but he didn't. He brought Mephibosheth to his home and let him eat at his table. That's something that Mephibosheth never forgot. Even right here in this passage, he, still, he mentioned that up. He mentioned, look, you allow me to eat at your table. I mean, that's what I put it this way. Actions, things that we do, 
sometimes even insignificant in my seeing, it can touch hearts in a very, very deep way in things that they will never forget. They will never forget. So, folks, we can, like I said, we can see all those uh, three ingredients right here in Mephibosheth's love towards David. Now, this is one of those obscured passages in the Old Testament right here that often doesn't receive much attention. In those verses, we witness the reunion of David and a man who loved the king more than his own life. In these uh, few uh, Old Testament verses, there is a, a valuable lesson for we, the children of God, at any age. You see, by the testimony of this man named Mephibosheth, we are given a clear-cut example of how we, God's redeemed children, are to love the Lord and are to love people. You follow that? We are to love the Lord and love people. Now, it's a fact that we speak of our love for the Lord often. We do. However, I fear that we do not demonstrate that love for Jesus as we should many times. I'm talking about individually now. That is, that, that, that is the focus of the message tonight. If we learn nothing else, let us grasp the truth that we serve a risen Savior who is worthy of all the love and devotion that we can give to His glory. I believe so. So, so I believe so. So if, I, if Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if I say, Lord, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, I love you with everything, then our actions got to demonstrate that we speaking the truth. You follow that? If I say, Lord, I love you with everything I got, then he says, obey my commandments. Wow, that's profound, isn't it? Jesus said to you and me, okay, okay, love is backed up by actions. So if you say you love me that much, then obey me. That's pretty black and white, cut right there. So, so we have to look at the Word of God and see what God says for us to obey. Because if we obey, then we are demonstrating that we love the Lord. Because He says to you and me, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if we say, Lord, I love you, you know I love you, then he looks at you and me and then you keep my commandments. Now, how are we going to do that? We're going to look at the scriptures and say, Lord, I'm going to, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm going to strive to show you how much I love you. Isn't that what young people do to each other when they begin to date? A guy is trying to show the girl how much, how much she's in love with her or vice versa. Why? Because they want to demonstrate and do this, do this. Why? Because they want them to see how passionate they are. Same thing for the Lord. My question to you tonight, are you passionate for the Lord? Are you love Him with all your heart, mind, and soul? So let's look at this from several points tonight. Okay? Love with great devotion. Number one, love with great devotion. So Mephibosheth demonstrates his devotion to the King David in various ways. We see this in verse 24, 26, 27, 28, and verse 30. So let's see if we can come to understand the root of this all-consuming devotion that Mephibosheth showed for David here. Letter A, we see the cause. The cause. The reason Mephibosheth was so devoted to David can be seen in what David had done for him. 
as the son of, of Jonathan, Mephibosheth, was in the line or to, the, to, to ascend the throne of Saul. In reality, he was a rival to David, to the office of the king. Yet David, instead of acting with justice in executing Mephibosheth, as he had uh, other members of Saul's family, he extended grace to him. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. What did Jesus do for us? You follow that? He extended grace to you and me, didn't he? He went to Calvary's cross. He demonstrated how much he loves us, and he extended his grace to us, doesn't he? So think of what you are. I'm sorry, let me go back here a little bit. I'm sorry. So when the, when the, the children of God stops and pounders just what God has done for him through Jesus, it is plain to see that we have more than abundant reasons to love him with every fiber of our being. John reminds us that our love for Jesus is rooted in the fact that Jesus first loved us. But see, if I say, Jesus, Lord, I love you with all my heart, mind, and soul. And he says, if, you do, if, if what you're saying is true, then obey my commandments. You know, when the, David challenged Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth didn't care about anything. He said, even if I lose everything, I don't care. I'm glad you came back. You see the love, the deep love that is right there? He didn't care if he went live with nothing. Think of what you, you were, think of where you were before you got saved. So let us be honest here tonight, folks. If you and I got what we deserve, we would all be in hell tonight or on our way there. If we received justice, we would have been forever separated from the presence of the Lord. But think about it. God extended His grace to us. He forgave us. He saved us. Now, if I say, Lord, I love you, He says, if you love me the way you say and that obey my commandments. I think what? It should be something we do from the bottom of our hearts. And why we should do that? Because He's worthy. Isn't he worthy? So when we stop and think that Jesus willingly suffered all that he did just to, we might be saved by grace, it stirs my heart. Listen, folks, to this day, I wanted, almost 25 years ago, I received Jesus as my Savior. I never got over this thing. If something is going to cause me to be motivated and to move forward is looking back to that day. And in that day that I received Jesus as my Savior. And so thankful for the man that opened the Bible and showed me from God's Word how I could receive that gift of salvation. I still remember that. You know what? What a motivation. It motivates to read my Bible, to live for God, to, to, to do what I can for others, to serve Him as much as I can. Not because I'm the pastor, believe me. I serve Him. Those of you who know me and others know they, I serve Him with the same intensity before I... Uh, I uh, became a pastor. I was very involved in church in my family. We always did. You know why? Not because to show anybody, because we love the Lord. Love Jesus with all my heart. Let it be, we see the devotion. Number one, we see the cause. Number two, we see the devotion. Look at verse 24. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. Look at the devotion of this man right here. 
and neither dress his feet, nor trim his beard, nor wash his clothes, for the, from the day that the king departed until the day he came again in peace. So Mephibosheth, great love for David, translates in a life of service and devotion because he loved the king, he showed in his own life. In that time that David was in exile, to the time he came back, this man was in that condition, the way he described it in the Bible, because of one thing, this man was hurting because the king was suffering. And he was committed. He was waiting for him to come home. So, so Mephibosheth lived a life of total devotion and absolute faithfulness towards King David. Now, shouldn't be our example. We serve him with total devotion until Jesus comes. He's our king, isn't he? If I love him with all my heart, with such deep devotion that I'm going to serve him, he tells him, he returns, as he promised. When a child of God genuinely loves the Lord with his entire being, it will show in his life. In other words, you won't have to run uh, 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 saying, I love the Lord, and live the opposite. No. Our life shows. It won't need to be said because it will be clearly revealed in the way you live your life. The way you present yourself, whatever you go, people will tell you, what, literally will tell you who you are. This week somebody tell, told me, he goes, how does it feel to be a Christian and being in a work, I mean a pastor and being in a workplace? I said, it feels good. <laughs> you look at me and say, really? I said, yeah, I got to witness to you. <laughs> uh, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta smile too. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah, it's so bad. Uh, you know, you, know, you got to see it the right way. He said, it's so nice to be here, so I can witness to you. He goes, you got that right. You talk about Jesus all the time. So good. <laughs> you got you know, to go you know, with the joy in your heart and just tell them. Because that's what they need. They need the Lord too. Folks, he goes like this. You don't, you don't just go. I don't go to work to preach to people all day. I got you know, to do my job. But I have the opportunity. Of course I'm going to open my, my, my mouth. You know, do I rejoice every day? Yeah. When you, you, you folks sing me, sing me those songs, guess what you do? You make me sing. <laughs> I get one text, another text, another text, and they sing me this song, send me the other song. And then guess what I'm doing? I'm singing it. <laughs> I do. You know? So every day is a joyful day. Anyway. So anyway. So love with great devotion. Number two. Love with great dedication. There are three ways in which Mephibosheth demonstrated his dedication to King David here. These, these trails ought to be, to be seen in God's children as well. Letter A, Mephibosheth forsook self-ambition. Look at verse 29 and verse 30. And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? Is a question mark there. I have said, Thou, thou and Ziba, Ziba divide, divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea. Let him take all. Wow, what a statement. I don't want to divide the land. Let him take all. For as much as my Lord the King is come again in peace unto his house. This guy was more interested on David be uh, come to be in peace to his home than actually a piece of land. He did not care. Folks, you might have cars, you might have home, homes, you might have good jobs, you might have money in the bank. You know what? That's secondary. Lord, I go home right now. I'll be with you. That stuff is insignificant. See, when we, when we are able to let go of those things and say, Lord, you first. Remember the, when the rich, rich man came to see Jesus? 
And Jesus said, you know, he began to talk to Jesus about, I know all these things from my childhood. Kind of paraphrasing the passage. And Jesus said, and leave, give everything you have and follow me. What did he do? He went the other way. It was too much to give away. You see, we have to be careful that we don't get attached to the things of this world in such a way that we, 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 we don't want to lose it because it, it, we want to follow the Lord, but we don't want to lose it. So we turn away and get, grab ourselves, attach ourselves to those things, and we forget God. So we begin to love those things more than we love the Lord. Even though we say, I love you, Lord, but our heart begins to be divided. Letter A, so Mephibosheth forsook self-ambition. So, as the grandson of Saul, and with the political turmoil evidence in the nation of Israel, Mephibosheth had every right to claim the throne of the land. Yet, because he loved the king, he refused to get caught up in the affairs of the world. He placed his devotion to the king ahead of his, any selfish ambitions that he had, that may, that, that, or anything that he may possess. So, what a lesson for us today. There's always a danger that our connection with, with the world will override our dedication to the world. I tell you, folks, through the years, I, I didn't get saved yesterday. I got saved almost 25 years ago. It's going to be 25 years. I tell you what, how many Christians, and it cuts your heart when you see that, left the love of God, left the, their walk with the Lord to go to the ways of the world. And it's sad. They cut your heart. You invite them to come to the house of God, and they don't want to come. My mechanic is my age, a little bit younger than me. You know why I purposely go to him? Because he's a Christian. I used to teach him Sunday school. He doesn't go to church at all. But you know what? I didn't give up on him yet. So I go all the way to Calventry, far from my home. When my car breaks, or any problems I need in my car, just purposely, you know what? Because I want him to see me so he won't forget me. I want uh, them to understand, I didn't quit on God yet. And I want you to come back. But how many have done that? They begin to love the world more than they love the Lord. But if you ask them, they say, oh, I love the Lord. But the Lord says, and then if you love me, keep my commandments. So we have a tendency to enlarge ourselves in all kinds of activities that are not necessarily sinful, but it causes us to change your way or to move our mind, our hearts, from the things of the Lord. Such as making a living. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, the Bible tells us that those who do not provide for their families are worse than infidels, the Bible says. However, when the desire for, uh, uh, for the things of this world supersedes our love for God, we are in trouble. Nothing wrong with resting, but when that overrides our desire to worship, then we are in danger of falling apart. Nothing wrong with recreation times, but when it takes us away from the presence of the Lord, then we are in a trouble. I tell you what, I love Jesus. And I want you to know when I preach to you, when I teach you, I do it with passion. I want you to understand what's in my heart. When I go on vacation, when I go somewhere, if I'm not here, you think I just give God vacation and God, I, I see you when I come back to church. Oh, no, no. Whatever I go, you know what we do? We look for a church. We want to worship too. 
No matter where we go, we're looking for a place to worship. That's what we do. That's something we've been doing for a long time and we continue to do. You know why? Because I know somewhere else there are other believers that are worshiping the Lord. You know what? That day I want to worship with them because I'm not home with my church family. We have to live in this world. We have to. There's no skipping this truth. We live in this world. However, when the world begins to live in us, it will quickly overshadow our love for the Lord. We cannot serve two masters. You cannot love two masters at the same time. You cannot love Jesus and love the world at the same time. It's a, one is against the other. I say, oh, Lord, I love you. And he says to you and me, then if you say you love me, child, then follow or do what I'm telling you to do. And you say, oh, Lord, I love you, but I got to do those things here. And our heart is divided. Everything was good. Let me put it, unfortunately, uh, this example in the Bible on this one. And unfortunately, it falls on Lot. Lot is a man in the Old Testament that we can take an example of that. And we will see everything was good for Lot when he was living with Uncle, Uncle Abraham. But things changed when he made the decision to move to the plains of Sodom. That was the beginning of his downfall. Look at the, uh, the progression of the, of the life, of his life when he moved to Sodom. First in Genesis 13.10, it says he looked towards Sodom. You see, he left Uncle Abraham, left him, a pillar right there, a stone right there, one, a man that loved God. Oh, I'm going to live over there. So, there he goes. Now he has freedom to do what he wants. He don't have somebody to say to him, Lot, are you going to church? Lot, are you studying your Bible? Lot, are you having your devotion? You don't have nobody because he's on his own now. And I'm, those days, it was different. But I'm, you, you understand what I'm saying here. So, he, 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 he looked towards Sodom. That's in Genesis 13.10. In Genesis 13.13, he, he leaned towards Sodom. He not only he, he, he looked towards Sodom, now he's kind of leaning towards Sodom. He's interested on what's going on there. Now, in uh, Genesis 19.1, he, he not only he, he leaned inside, he got so cu curious that he actually began to, he moved inside of the city, and he's living there now. And uh, in Genesis 19.16, he lingered in Sodom. So, I mean, he's there. He, he's interacting with the people there. In, number, uh, uh, in Genesis 19, 14, 26, and, thir uh, uh, and uh, 31 to 38, he made a mess of his life in Sodom. Here's what we say like this. Okay, Lord, I love you with all my heart. And Jesus said to you and me, then if you love me, child, keep my commandments because I want the best for you. Just keep them. You're going to do okay. Lord, I love you to my heart, but I'm leaning towards Sodom. I'm watching what these guys are doing right here. It seems like something interests me. So what do we do? We, we look, we lean, we move in, we live in, and we make a mess out of our lives. That's what Lot did. And that's what many Christians do. Folks, it's always dangerous when we play with sin around the edge because there is always the danger of crossing the line. Like kids... Don't go past that street right there. You know, and they're playing, and when you look at them, where are they playing? Right on the edge of the street. That's what they do. I used to tell my kids, we still live in Warwick. Uh, I told my, my, my Emily and Patrick, I used to tell them, listen, this is your boundaries with the bicycles. You don't pass that line right there. You know what they do on the bicycles? Right on the line. Right on the edge. <laughs> That's what we do sometimes. So. Let it be, we see, Mephibosheth forgot himself. 
Look at verse 24. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. And he had, and again, we read these verses, it describes the way he was. So according to verse 24, the entire time David was away, a period for several months, Mephibosheth neglected himself. And it was a display, a, a picture of somebody that was worried, somebody that was, was crying for the return of the king. He was concerned about his king. So the lesson for all here is that, that our will is to be swallowed up, uh, up in the will of the Lord. So we are to come to the place where we lose sight of ourselves and of our own interests and become consumed with our focus on the love for the Lord. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, literally looking unto Him, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before Him and do the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. So this is the ascent of true cross-bearing right here. So we simply reach, reach the place in our Christian experience where Jesus becomes simply more important than anything else. In the life of Mephibosheth, King David was everything to him. He didn't care about anything, even if he lost all of his land. The King David was everything. He loved David with such a passion and a devotion. That's the way the Lord wants you and me to love him. With passion and devotion. So when this is true in your life and mine, there uh, uh, will be no denying who is, who is Lord and Master in our lives. If we are truly the servants of God, that is, is slaves, is servants, then we will realize that we are, have no rights beyond, beyond our own. Everything belongs to Him. Let us see Mephibosheth follow the king. And look what it says there in verse 25. And it came to pass uh, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the, the king said unto him, Wherefore, when is now thou with me, Mephibosheth? See, please remember this man it was a crippled man right here. When David had to leave Jerusalem because of uh, Absalom's rebellion, Mephibosheth tried to go to David. However, his servant named Ziba deceived him, and he went to David alone. He, he tried to, to discredit his message before the king, and he did. Yet Mephibosheth gave his heart to the task of following the king. True dedication, my friends, manifests itself in a life that wholehearted follows the Lord. It doesn't worry about the cost of the consequences. It is enough that the Lord had, had saved the, the, us as sinners, but also the willingness to follow God for what He has done to us. But see, God wants us to love Him with everything we got. But our life is a demonstration of that. Because action speaks loud, isn't it? Action speaks loud than words. If I say, Lord, I love you, then I have to have a, a life behind me that backs up what I'm saying to him. So we see, first we see love with great devotion. Number two, love with great, uh, uh, with great dedication. And number three, love with absolute delight. When David saw Mephibosheth, he, lo he, he looked rough on the outside, but his heart was glowing, was glowing, I'm sorry, with the love he had for David when he saw his king return. In this, he sets an example for those of us who claim to know the Lord Jesus. By, uh, and by his witness, he shows, uh, he shows us that we ought to, to be doing while we wait for the king to return home. So, let me put it this way. 
We love the Lord with devotion, deep devotion. We love the Lord with great dedication. But we have to love the Lord with great delight. That means enjoy your Christian life. Smile, laugh, laugh to life, enjoy the life that He gave you. Then He said, I came to give you a life more abundantly. Listen, don't live your life like God is dead. Rejoice, live it, smile. You see, why? Well, you don't know how many bills I have to pay. You don't know the ones I have to pay either. <laughs> they come and go, don't they? You know, they come and go. You pay one, and is the other one knocking on the door. You get rid of this one, is another one knocking on the door. Now, it's interesting in talking about bills. Uh, uh, when I was in Florida the last time, goodness, we had an oil bill. Oil bill, they're, they're not cheap. <laughs> so we, I, I told my wife, go ahead and pay that bill. She paid it. So I was at work, and my wife said, hey, I, we, oil, we own the oil company some money. I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, it's, it's a bill here. I will just receive it. We, I think we laid. I said, it can't be. And then I went on my channel. I was like, the payment was right there. I said, no, no, no. There's got to be a mistake here. So uh, I said, why don't you call the company? You call the company. Oh, no, it was not. The bill was paid for. It's a new one. <laughs> A new one. It was a new bill to pay. So, you know, that's how it is. So, so they're like, oh, pay. they'll keep coming. You know, they keep coming. So, you know what? What we do? We pay. We rejoice that we pay it. And, you know, we wait for the next one. Because <laughs> they will come. So, love with delight. Enjoy your love for Jesus. Serve Him with joy. Sing with gratitude. Like this guy right here is waiting for his king and he's rejoicing when the king came. I the same thing. We serve him with joy and gratitude and keep watching for his coming. Because he's coming. And if he doesn't come in our lifetime, you know what? We rejoice in heaven, you know, when he returns because we'll be with him for eternity. So this sets an example for us to claim to know the Lord Jesus. By, and by his witness, it shows us uh, that we are to rejoice in his... Listen, we are to... In this Christian life, is like, you know, we enjoy it. That's the way I can put it. Enjoy it. Live it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to go to church tomorrow. Oh, my word. Good night. You know, get up what time? Oh, oh, you know, oh, that's hard. Oh, good night. Like, you mean like in my day that I'm supposed to stay home from work? Sunday morning, I get to get out of bed and go to church? Oh, that's not joy. That is not joy. And we, sh we show up in the church and he's like, that seat looks good. Oh, I'm sitting in that seat. Let me take a nap in there. No. Rejoice. Sing it out. Love it. Go home rejoicing and tell others about Jesus. I tell you, you got to do it. Letter A, he looked for the king. Look at verse 24 in Mephibosheth. I got in the same verses. But look at verse 25. And it came to pass when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore went not thou with me, Mephibosheth? It is apparent from the story of Mephibosheth uh, lived with anticipation of the king's return. Let me put it this way. I'm not going to even look at my words, my words that I wrote here. If, if Mephibosheth was looking for David to come as king and, and David was in trouble, Jesus is not in trouble, folks. Got that? He went home to do what? To build a place for us. To make a place for us. He's coming. He's not in trouble. He's in there sitting for us. He's coming back for us. You see that? He's going to, he went to make a place for us. He's in there sitting for us. And he's coming back 
for us. Rejoice. <laughs> Sing songs. Praise His name. I'll tell you what. What is, bad? what is best? Start the day with the Lord. Thank Him for a new day because you might not have another one. Praise Him through the day and sing or get up in the morning and say, Oh, I've got to pay those bills. I've got to go to work so I can pay that pile of bills right there. Listen, you can feel sorry for yourself or you can rejoice. You've got to pay them the same way. <laughs> so why, why lose sleep over just pay it. <laughs> but I tell you, rejoice. Let it be. He longed for the king. Look what it says there in verse 30. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all. For as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. Yea, let him take all. David told Ziba and him to divide everything between them. And this man comes over and says, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, I don't want anything. Let him take everything. Folks, if we come to that, listen, I'm not against wealth. I'm not against blessings. If the Lord give it to you, we say praise the Lord. But I tell you, we have to come in a point in our lives and when we say, Lord, I don't care about anything. I want you, Lord. You see the difference? Doesn't mean that we're going to get rid of it. That means these things are secondary to what we, for the love that we have for God. That's what it comes down to. The same thing with Mephibosheth here. He said, I said, Lord, let him take everything. I don't care. I am glad you returned. What a devotion. What a love. This is, so this ought to describe the heart of every Christian here tonight. Is there a burning desire in your heart to see and to be with the Lord? This was the attitude of John while he was in the island of Patmos in Revelation chapter 20, 22 verse 20. It's also the, the, the desire, it wasn't so the desire of the Apostle Paul. Does this describe our heart tonight? Is there a strong desire to see the Lord and be with Him? This has been the attitude of the saints for centuries. David felt that this way about it too. Are you longing for Jesus tonight? If so, rest assured that one day, one day, listen to this, your desires will come true and you will see Jesus face to face. Mephibosheth, they didn't know if David was going to return, but he was anticipating. Because David was in trouble, he was anticipating, he was waiting for his king. And when he returned, he was rejoicing, the same thing. Listen, our king is not in trouble. But we're looking forward to his coming. And when he comes, we rejoice. But listen, there's no reason for us not to rejoice right now. I'm telling you, there's no reason for us not to rejoice right now. So get up in the morning, rejoice. That's a, oh, you wonder, I'm going to smile all day? That's not what I'm saying. Listen, life is made of trouble and tribulation and circumstances. But let me tell you, it's the heart. Even though we might be crying, but the heart's still in the right place. You follow that? I mean, we all have problems. Don't get me wrong. We all have tribulations, don't we? But it doesn't mean that we're going to forget God because of that, because problems come and go. 
How many times are you crying and five minutes later you're laughing? <laughs> I've done that. You know? I remember when I, one time I was a teenager and I, I was broken heart. I forgot what it was, but I remember I was crying. But I was crying and my friend was there making all kinds of faces before you know. I forgot why I was crying. Look at him and I start laughing. <laughs> you know, he, he, goes, he goes, oh, I won. I made you laugh. I was like, but then, you know, it happens to all of us. Life is made of those things. Let us see. He loved the king. Look at verse 27. And he had slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is an, as an angel of God. To therefore what is good, I'm sorry, do therefore what is good in thine eyes. Mephibosheth truly loved David. Did David love him back? We don't know. But he loved David. He proved this when he made the comments found here in verse 27. Mephibosheth was willing to entrust the king to make all the right decisions concerning him. In other words, Mephibosheth was willing to live and walk by faith. Nothing proves the love for Jesus like a life that is surrendered to the will of God. This was the heart of Job. And it says in Job 13, 15, it says, and, and it, it must be the heart of every, I'm sorry, of every child of God, uh, of God about this tonight. So do you love him enough to trust him with your life? We have to come to a point and say, Lord, I love you. And everything is secondary. It's all about you, Lord. And whatever you, whatever you guide me, whatever you take me, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am fine with it. And David said, when the, when the, 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 the prophet Gad, I believe, came to him and, and about the judgment after the census, and he said, I prefer this to fall in the hands of God instead of, because he knew the God that he served. He loved the king. Let it be, he looked upon the king. Look at verse 29. And the king said unto him, Oh, I read this verse. So, Mephibosheth lived long enough to see his desire become reality. He got to see the king when he returned. I'm sure he wasn't all that he intended. David re rebuffed verse 29 right here. But David cared, cared for nothing but the fact, I'm sorry, Mephibosheth cared for nothing but the fact that he was, he was now with his king. Just as Mephibosheth's dream be, uh, became reality, so shall ours be. Listen, folks, I don't understand how somebody claims to be a Christian and doesn't believe that Jesus is coming again. I don't know what kind of Bible they're reading. One glorious day, Jesus will come again as He promised. That is a reality. We will see Him face to face, and we will worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. Tell you folks, the glory of heaven will be none of these things we long for. The glory of heaven will be the opportunity to see Jesus face to face. Even heaven with all of its beauty. Even we see our, our loved ones that depart before us. Uh, we're going to see all that when we get to heaven. We're going to see that street of gold. We're going to see the pearly gates and all that. But I think the greatest thing that we're going to experience is when we see our Savior face to face. The one we've been singing, the one we've been serving, the one we pray for, the one we serve all those years. When we see him face to face, what a day that will be. What a day that will be. There's coming a day when no heartache shall come.
No more cloud in the sky, no more tear to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that golden, happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. There will be no more sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day that will be. Wow, I hope you love Jesus with the same intensity, devotion, and passion as Mephibosheth loved David. If you are saved here tonight, allow Jesus to be Lord in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for the devotion and passion of Mephibosheth's love towards David. May, Lord, may we use that in our own lives and in the love and devotion that we have for you, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our service, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be passionate, not to look at the ways of the world, but to look at you, to look and to press on day by day until you take us home or until you come back. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.